Welcome to Toasted Lavender. My name is Alex. Today I am drinking Zone 3, an IPA from Ogden River Brewing. Uh, it's super good. Oh, and my pronouns are she and her. I'm also drinking this Zone 3 American IPA that is described as citrus, tropical, crisp. Was it West Coasty to you? Was that just me? Like, what what did you get from it? I liked it a lot, but Well, how... it's not a hazy, I no, don't think. But it is not. very low IBUs, so it's an easy drink in IPA. Yeah, I think it's really good. At 6.9%. <laughs> So Ogden River Brewing is a local brewery started by, I think his name is Pat Winslow. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a home brewer turned professional. So that's a fun story. And got some funding to uh, build this beautiful brewery right on the Ogden River. Um, And it's very cool and they have really good food. They have really good food and really good beer. So, I yeah. love going there. We go there way too often, and to the point where I remember sometimes the staff is like, "Oh, hello again." <laughs> I really didn't to be embarrassed. <laughs> I I didn't think that their beer would be as good as it is. Like I'm, I I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm consistent. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, they do really good beer. Um, what are your pronouns? And what's your and name? what's your name? Excuse me, what's your name? I'm sorry. Who are you? Uh, hello, I'm Lindsay. I would like it if you use she and her pronouns, but really you could just be like, hey, you, and I would probably be like, eh. Okay. Yeah. Great. I'll remember this. Hey, you pronouns. Hey, you are my pronouns. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lisa, and my pronouns are she, her, and I am drinking a Raleigh Farmhouse Ale American IPA. Number two American IPA. Straight from Santa Fe. Those two New American Mexico. IPAs were very different, I must say. Yeah. yeah. Very, I don't think different. they're the same style. No. It's a very pretty <laughs> emerald green can. They have very nice labels and yeah. yeah. They do. I kind of feel like I could get that as a tattoo and just feel fine about it. We are in a tattoo-y time. We are. It's like a nice little uh We are rose. not on tattoo. <laughs> we're not. How did we go to Star Wars so fast? I don't know. I don't even like Star Wars. Yeah. You brought it up. I know we <laughs> talked about this last week, but we're like really coming down to the bottom of our New Mexico beer stash. Like I think we have one more beer from Raleigh House Farms left, and I'm really sad about it. Can I just say that Raleigh's like one of the only breweries that will personally respond to my untapped check-ins. <gasps> I That's lovely. Love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I love that. There yeah. were a few in New Mexico that were like liking and commenting on my stuff too. I was impressed by that. Yeah, I think it's fun. That's really yeah. nice. I think they're maybe just nice people in New Mexico. And it's a small place. The yeah. Rally Farms, you can tell it's like a tight-knit group of people that run it and make the beer and it's it's good stuff i like it yeah and if anyone's on untapped find us because we're gonna start logging our beers on there i tell you how to find me but i don't know what my screen name is we should maybe have like we'll have that on our our patreon maybe we should have our own for the we should like a group a toasted lavender podcast decide 
in a group what to rate a beer. Or we just don't rate we just them. Check in. We just we check just in. Check that we're in. that is exactly what we, should do. Yeah, yes. what we should do. Unless it's unanimous. Yeah, unless we're all like, this is the best beer I've ever had. I don't think we all have the same beer taste all the time. I don't either. But well, thank God for that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be boring. We all get to try different stuff because of that. We would all be just like downing Sadie Special. There'd be nothing left. <laughs> well, there's hardly there's anything left anyway. <laughs> there's plenty oh, left. Right. I tried to pick up the keg today and I was like, yep, there's plenty in there. All right. Good. Because I'm having a pint after this. But uh, I'm Kai. He, him pronouns. I'm drinking the juicy bits. Oh, it my. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> It is from Weldworks in Greeley, Colorado, and here we are again. I am coming up on the end of the beer stash from Colorado as well. Yeah, Kirsten and John went and picked us up some beers in Colorado, and they have really good taste. They drink similar stuff that we like you to say do they listen to the podcast they do they have great taste and their daughter (laughs) is one of our patreon subscribers shout out to addison i'm sure addison listens to our podcast i don't know about john he's probably like that was weird (laughs) she brings it up in conversation (laughs) but it was very nice of them and they really do like they really do have good taste in beer. Do you so. want to share with our podcast audience that you got a tattoo this week in memory of our Albuquerque trip? Since we're coming to the end of the sash. Yeah, I did. I got a really fun cowboy hat tattoo, and it's on my back, and I'm really jazzed about it. So, you know. Yeehaw, there was yeehaw. a whole situation with a cowboy hat store with um, the Lindsay, man store. The man it's store. like my manhood Lindsay. tattoo. Cheers to cowboy hats. Cheers to cowboy Cheers. hats. Has Cheers to New to Mexico. Cheers to New Mexico. <laughs> We're just We're just out of New Mexico beer. Yeah. We're sad about it. Speaking of being out of beer. Are you out of beer? No, just if you want to send us some beer money. Oh my god. We could, we could use some more beer. You yeah. can't ask people to do that. I mean, oh, if but we're going you. to ask them to do that. If you want. It, and it doesn't, you know, it's it's like $2 a month, I think. But it would definitely fund our beer, our beer money. We also have our show notes on Patreon. And we try to curate them with... Visualize all the things we're talking about in our show notes. There's a lot of, like, pictures and videos and... Extra stuff that maybe we don't talk about. We imagine it would be fun for you to be looking at them as you listen. Yeah, and links to possible. links to our source material when we're researching yeah, topics. Yeah. So if you want to learn more, it's a great place to find more resources. We're also still sending out our very fun stickers for our beer money subscribers. Mm-hmm. So we want to send you a sticker. So They're please really just cute. sign up because we want to see them all Stick over town. Stick it to your dog. Stick it to your log. Stick it to your... Frog? Frog. Just don't stick it to any of those things, but you can <laughs> stick it on a water bottle, on your car. A notebook? A, it's always a water bottle. We'd like to thank our existing patrons, though. We had some signups this month and we're really jazzed about mm-hmm. it, so thank you. Mm-hmm. We'd like to make it into the young people market. This so. is our re- this is our retirement <laughs> plan. So market. we hope to be around long enough that eventually we can retire yeah, and you pay guys, for groceries. This is episode ten. 
Cheers. Ten. Yeah, Ten. we're in the oh double digits. Still going strong. All right. Congratulations. I'm excited about today's topic. This one is about the movie The Matrix. Oh, I'm excited to talk it about this. It came out in 1999. Oh, wow. So we were all about five years old. Um, no. Isn't that when computers... Really? Isn't 1999 the year that computers were supposed to, like, terminate at the end? And, like, we were... Y2K yes, there's a Y2K. Do you remember Y2K? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. I okay. do remember it. Are you sure? Because like you were... You're just like, isn't that the yeah, five years the major? Old. I know, but, like, I remember... So 2000 like, was... When the computers, like, rolled over from 1999, like, the two-digit year, nine-nine to zero-zero, like, nobody really knew what would happen. Right. To computers. And I feel like the Matrix and, like, all of the, I don't know, like, I see the, like, coding happening on the, like, that yeah. all feels very Y2K-y to me. All, yeah, it's I'm definitely, saying. like, not very realistic. The internet was new. I mean, like in a commercial sense, people were on the internet like pretty recently. Um, Having a computer in your own house was like not as uh, common as it is now. It'd be interesting to know how many people had internet access at that time. I feel like it was probably pretty low number. I, I know that I did not have internet access at that time. I didn't either. Let's see. I, I remember 11, when we got it, it was probably 99. like... Were you 11? Is that right? No. No. We were born. I was 86. You were like 13. I was 13. So let's see. What grade is 13? Is that 7th or 8th? It depends eighth. on your birthday. I think that's about 8th grade. We had the internet. Okay. For sure we had the internet. You were a rich kid. You probably I, had the internet. Yeah, I was a rich kid. <laughs> we had the internet... My first recollection of the internet was sixth grade, which would have been a few years before that. AOL, we had AOL when I was in sixth grade. I had a really silly AIM name. Do you remember that? Um. Yes, we're going to get into those well, things. Okay. We'll talk about this. Okay. Oh, gosh. All right. We're moving on. Okay, I'm sorry. I had No, it's fine. Oh, it's great. It's great. So... Okay, so this is 1999, and March, March 1999 is when the Matrix came out. Yeah, like March (gasps) 19th or something. I just realized the lighting in here is green. You did that on purpose. (gasps) Oh my god, (laughs) Okay, sorry, I just got so excited. Uh, I feel like... We're immersed. We are in, this in it subject. right now. We are in, We're the, in Matrix. the Matrix. <gasps> oh, we fucking are. That was so. good. You're gonna love Jesus. Disneyland. <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Lisa. I just want to say that I did not watch the number two and number three films in preparation for this, but I know that I've seen them in the past. Yeah. But from what we understand, it's not really relevant to this particular take on The Matrix. Yeah, not particularly. Although I did, like, right before we started recording, like, I read a thing where it's like, these themes, like, go on into the second and third movie. So, I don't know. I've only seen the first one. Okay. I've seen all of them, but 
same with you. Like the second two, I haven't seen for a while. Yeah, and, and there's there, gonna be a fourth soon. I would, so I can't wait. Yes, I would love to watch a fourth movie. Here's the thing: is the Matrix number four? I don't think that's the title that they're gonna run with, but it was due to be released in like May of 2021. But I think it got pandemicked. Right, so it's probably so it's like close December. to being done, filmed though, or yeah. if not already filmed. I think just... so. Back to the Matrix. <laughs> I love that you have this gl- this like green glow to your face. I'm glad you noticed. Should God, we be filming I this? I love it. I, I'll yes. Be Thank you for yeah. Oh, I that wasn't like an invitation. <laughs> that was just a question. I'm gonna do just a very few little snippies. So. Lana Wachowski came out as trans in 2010, mm-hmm. and there were rumors regarding her gender identity as far back as 2003, and I read this article that was written in 2003 that was, like, kind of yucky to read. Yucky. Oh, no. Um, it wasn't very sensitive. It was the opposite of sensitive. It was, like, trying to out her? Yeah. 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 Pretty much. It was just like, something's wrong. Yeah. And, and Look at this hat that this person is wearing. Yeah. There's like a thing about a hat. It was a Dick Carlson situation. It was, like, it was kind of a Dick Carlson it thing. It kind of was. Just really poor in it was all poor. sense of that word. If you want to read it, I have a link to it, but I don't suggest doing that. Um, also, Lily Wachowski came out as trans in 2016. And the Wachowskis directed The Matrix. The Matrix. And Cloud Atlas and V for Vendetta. And the Sense 8. Yes. Mm. This is on Netflix. Oh my God, this is an amazing show. One of the main characters is a trans woman, and she is also in the new The L Word Generation Q. The one who Shane's new lovey that you like. Yes, Tess, but I don't Tess. know who okay. this person is in Sensei. So remember, like, the really attractive couple? Tessa. Yeah, and we I loved her. I don't remember Sensei. I remember nothing okay. about the movie whatsoever. It's not a movie. It. It's a TV show that was on Netflix, and we loved it. And it was like all these people from around the world are connected, but they don't really know how or why. But, like, sometimes they just, like, see into each other's, like, minds and where they are. That's right. But remember, this couple is um, a queer couple in San Francisco, and it's a trans woman and a queer woman, and they're amazing. Okay. And just the way that they're portrayed, like, I'm, this totally makes sense that this was their project, these was it the two sisters who directed it? I believe they were both involved, yeah. It's so positively trans. You're seeing like a really like happy, successful relationship of a trans woman and a queer woman together and like a very loving relationship. Hmm. And of course some like bad situations happen because it's a it's like a sci-fi it's a story. Yeah, it's a sci-fi story. Thing. I recommend it if you haven't seen it. I Read a lot of articles researching this topic, and um, one of them said that The Matrix is by far the most influential work of pop culture ever created by a trans person. It was a huge deal. It was huge. 
I remember uh, like Doritos and Powerade. Like, remember every single company had like a Matrix label on their product. Wow. Like, it was I'm huge. Sure. So the the quote goes on to say, "It is maybe the eggiest movie ever made." Damn, eggy. If you flash on. back to episode five, we talk about eggs. Yes. Why don't you give our listeners a reminder? So an egg is a person that uh, is not fully aware of their like gender identity, and they're just getting ready to hatch. Yes. So there's like a hatching, and it's when you look back or when you're like have these realizations of like, oh, what, like, how am I feeling? What am I feeling? You're like putting cracks in your shell. Your, and maybe other people egg. around you can see it before you Yeah, do. maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what egg means. Eggy. So isn't that fun? I'll I'll send you the <laughs> I'll send so you the article fun. and it like the first couple paragraphs it says egg like 50 times. I don't know why, but it seems like everything that I've been reading the idea that the matrix and other Wachowski films um, weren't really being viewed through a trans lens didn't happen until Lily came out in 2016. So did she come out first? No, Lana came out in 2010 and Lily came out in 2016. Um, And there are a lot of articles that break down different plot points in the film and I didn't really intend for this to be another installment of Queer TV Club, so I don't want to go like too deep into that. Um, but there are a couple of themes that I wanted to touch on and explore. Um, because there's the like thread of transness, and then there's also the thread of this red pilling term, if you're aware of it, in like the far right or alt right community, um, that's very conservative. So it's like, and they've and blinders. people have come, yeah, people have like come to <clears throat> two very polar opposite conclusions from the same source material, and I think that's interesting. Um, so maybe we can post a couple articles on our Instagram, but I will have everything in my notes in 2016 lily who came out in 2016 um lily spoke about the attention that the matrix was getting um in a glad award uh acceptance speech with her sister and lily said there's a critical eye being cast back on lana and i's work through the lens of our transness this is a cool thing because it's an excellent reminder that art is never static And while the ideas of identity and transformation are critical components in our work, the bedrock that all ideas rest upon is love. The first thing that I wanted to talk about that might be familiar to um, folks in the queer community is Neo's relationship with the internet, his work and hobbies, because he's a very cool hacker, both rely on the internet and computers. And the movie came out at a time where internet chat rooms were super popular. Mm -hmm. 
And anybody could log on and pretend to be anything or anyone they wanted. And it was much more anonymous. Which, can we take a tiny pause here and say, I think it's very interesting that back in that time, your parents were like, don't believe anything that you read on the internet. Uh, you know, any, you could be talking to anybody. Yeah. But somehow... That's lost now. <laughs> well, but that was like the appeal because well, you could go yeah. onto an internet no, chat room and appeal. be... And I'm not saying it was wrong. No, 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 no. Th- that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, that this was one of the things that our collective parents were very concerned about at the time where when the internet was pretty new commercially... And there's, like, the dangers of the internet. And anyone could be anyone they wanted. And for some people, anyone could be a predator or whatever. inviting strangers into your home. Yeah. Um, However, one of these articles that I was reading mentioned that chat rooms were a very accessible stepping stone for a person who's questioning their gender identity to log on and... Role play, basically? Yeah, like be whatever name and gender they wanted to and just kind of live in that space. I'm going to pause and just ask if you have any, like, feelings or experience in this, like, late 90s or early 2000s um, internet time with chat rooms and anonymity. I, I for sure did like, or maybe not right at that very moment, but close to that was like, um, you know, signing into instant messenger and like random things would come up on your screen and I don't know. I I feel like all of you are a little older than me that might have been in like real chat rooms with a bunch of people logging in and out at will. I have a lot I could say. (laughs) And you should. And I probably should, but I also maybe shouldn't. I'm not going to be very specific, but I, we had the internet plumbed right into my bedroom when I was 14, 15, Because I had a uniquely shaped bedroom. It was, like, long. So we could fit a computer desk in there. Plus, I was already wanting to just be on the computer all the time. So it was, like, the family office in your bedroom? No. You just had your own internet capability in your bedroom? Anyone could use the computer, but I used it the most. Okay. Um, And it resided in my bedroom. Okay. So... I I got online at a very young age, like 14 years old. My mom paid for, like, primo internet access. I think we were one of the first families in Utah to have, like, cable internet. Jesus. No. So I was, like... I was on all the time. I would, I like that you're, like, I was on the internet very young. I was 14 years old. Because today it's like... Well, yeah, today that's different. But in that day, that was 
pretty young for somebody to be have yeah. unfettered access to your the prime internet. your prime you know for the predators or whatever that are out there sure apparently my mom wasn't In theory. that worried about that <laughs> well no actually she was we had conversations and i was i never i never felt threatened right anyways so i was on the internet all the time i was I would go home, do my homework, and then I would just be on the internet. And I did my homework because then when my mom would come and say, did you do your homework? It's like, yes, I did. Homework is done. I am free to do as I please now. And that was like basically the rest of my day for some years. And um, a fun fact about me on the internet at the time is that I used a stylized version of the name Trinity you as my screen name. Oh my God. <gasps> yes. That is so perfect. That After perfect. The Matrix came out, I changed my screen name to like a stylized version of Trinity. I mean, I feel like, every, like I, I remember just being... Just about Trinity. Like I was just in love with Trinity. Yeah. So So the Matrix for me was impactful. It was very formative in your. It was formative. I don't think at the time I picked up on trans themes, but I did pick up on the androgyny. Yes, I think, and I think that's what drew me to Trinity. Is because she was just kind of a badass, like, hacker, fucking shooting guns. and Tough gal. Just overall tough gal. And I identified with that because, like we talked about in the Disney episode, like, you could not drag me into the princess land at Disneyland. Like, I was very much a tomboy. And I found that in Trinity, even though she was like wearing like some skin tight like leather. Yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't like super androgynous to me. I didn't read that from Trinity. But if you look at her now, her short hair, the glasses, the like, yeah, big she's not overtly feminine. No, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lisa, as a rich kid, do you have experiences as as a youngin on the internet? Yeah, I remember, so I would have been in sixth grade, and we lived in a house that had a really big staircase, and you went up the stairs, and then it turned, and then there was like a long hallway, and there was a built-in desk at the top of the staircase, so all the kids' bedrooms were upstairs, but then there was this built-in desk in the hall, and that's where computer and internet was so it was out in the open but unless someone was like walking down that hall no one really saw what you were doing so it was like you had your privacy but you didn't and then like right there so when you were sitting at the computer there was like the banister overlooking the living room so I could be like on the computer and I could look down and see my brother watching tv so like you were 
It was an you were open area, right there. sort of. Yeah, but it's not like he could see what was on my screen. Right. You were present in other things. And yeah. you could see who was, like, headed up the stairs or whatever. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or you could hear someone coming around the corner right. behind you. Boxing. So you could just hurry and exit out of Isn't all those Isn't it funny that, like, yeah. now we just carry it around in our pockets and it's like... Yeah. I yeah. got blamed... <sighs> Our family had dial-up internet. Like, I remember when my brother was in high school, which my brother's a little closer in age to you and Lisa, at least. Like, probably almost exactly. He is a year older than me, I think. Um, Or two years older. But I remember, like, our house was known amongst my brother's group of friends as The Cave. Because we didn't have internet forever, and then when we finally got it... And you didn't have cable, We didn't have cable. We never had cable. Like, finally got internet. My brother was probably in high school, because I remember when we got it, but it was dial-up, and it was the slowest dial-up, and I remember there was always a battle of, like, mom needs to use the phone, and -and so-and-so is playing a game on the internet. But I remember my uncle, like, came over to our house and looked at some scandalous porn on our computer, and I got blamed for it. What the fuck? I know. I'm still mad about it. How do you just roll up into someone else's house and check out pornography? Well. Even back then, like, oh, go buy a magazine. It's in, it's yeah. in the basement. and Yeah. It, it wasn't ever in the basement, but it was, like, oh, in it, the, wasn't? it was in it was. that... You know where my dad's office is now? Mm-hmm. That's where the computer mm-hmm. always was. So it's like a private room that's like off of the front door that's like has a door and like you can go in there and like be in the office. And so, it, I mean, I'm not I, surprised. I can see it how was like it could private happen. enough. It was private enough. And he couldn't, he probably like didn't have a computer at home. He doesn't. He could never like he, go he to would the always library. use the computer at, like, um at the library they can't tell you n- not to look at pornography or they don't. So you at least in my be... lifetime. I mean Oh my. Cuz that's where I got my internet for a very long time is going to the library. Yeah. And you'd get like 30 minutes at a time. <clears throat> And you were assigned a computer right next to some creepy old perv that's looking at pornography right next oh, to you. Oh. And you're like and just logging like, into MySpace to change no, your layout. I, <laughs> I feel like you don't know me as a person. <laughs> I'd like to, maybe this is inappropriate, but Addison, if you can say, if you can reply to us in our um, Gmail inbox... Toasted Lavender Podcast at gmail.com. If you can correctly tell us what ASL means Quiz. without Googling it, Quiz time. you get an extra freebie. freebie. Here's my next topic of discussion uh, the term red pilled comes from the Matrix. Yep. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with this. Morpheus, the red or the blue pill. Right. So Morpheus is like, take the red pill and you'll wake up in the real world. And and you'll learn what it's all about. Yep. Everything will be like, it's going to be terrible, but you're going to wake up. 
learn the, the truth. woke pill. And then the blue pill is like you go back to being ignorant. Thomas basically. Anderson. Computer yeah, like you'll never remember this. Computer programmer Thomas An- Anderson. Yes. Back to your real life. So the toxic interpretation of this, which is used by the far right and alt right, is that when you are red pilled, you are realizing that social justice and social acceptance issues, mostly feminism, are stopping you from being your true primal self. Feminism? You can't be your true self if feminism Absolutely exists? not. No. Excuse me, I think you missed the word primal self. Yeah, you're like a jungle cat a and you can't that just be wants to fuck a caveman. Right because feminism is ruining it for you. Yes. yes. The patriarchy. Yes. Got it. Yes. Is disrupted. So, um, you are, when you are, quote, taking the red pill or being red-pilled, you are breaking away from the politically correct, socially aware and empathetic, and, like, you question authority figures in your life, you're... um, So you rioted on January 6th. You rioted on January 6th. Unless you're rich. Okay. And then you just, like, post things on Twitter, like Elon Musk. Okay. Um, the left wing equivalent is being woke. So it's like these are the poles of this idea. Polar opposites. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, they are. And sort of, they're woke in different ways. Uh, yeah, because yeah. there's like a whole expression of, oh, I was red pilled, and I've woken up to like. All these conspiracies, like, they're not conspiracies. They're just, like, there's global elites and they're controlling the banking system. <laughs> like, uh, right. I've been red-pilled and I understand that women are trying to control my life and that's why I haven't been laid in 16 years. Or, like, uh, it's not good. So, if you are black-pilled... If you're I don't remember pill. seeing a black. There pill. was no. Well, black it's, pill. this is not in the movie. This is it's just, just an internet fucking yeah. stupid thing. This movie. Yeah, a black pill is incels. Mm. If you've been black pilled, you recognize that you're involuntarily celibate. Wow. And this is society's they blame problem. It on a pill. You're you basically join ISIS. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. And, um, <sighs> okay. I have nothing to say. I don't no, I don't think we should say I much think more that, about it. I think the point of what you're saying is that this moment in the movie where you can choose to wake up to the reality of what's happening or go back to sleep is a poignant thing for a lot of people. In and multiple so, different instances. In yeah. multiple ways. Yes. That's where Wake you can up to that's the reality or just go back to sleep. Yes. I would take the blue pill every time. A hundred <laughs> times out of a hundred. To go back to sleep. Absolutely. Uh, well, and the film opens on Neo, at the time Thomas Anderson, asleep at his desk and with headphones song. on. 
Massive Attack. Uh, it's Massive Attack. I yeah. Know, and I love that yes. opening scene. I love that opening scene, and it's because of that Massive Attack song. It's just like perfect. It's perfect. And I wonder how much the Wachowski sisters had to, had to do with that Wachowski. And the opening line also, while we're speaking about mm-hmm. the opening mm-hmm. scene, I don't know if you remember, but on the computer screen, it says, call trans opt. Mm. I did notice that. I yeah. did notice that too. Received, and it has like a date time. But the fact that trans is... Does that mean anything in computer language? Yes, it does. Transmit. Probably like yeah. transmission. Yeah. Okay. But the fact that it's cut at trans, I think, is interesting. That particular bit of logging or like code—it's not code, but it, like that doesn't really make sense to me. But it was also a long time ago. You so also maybe weren't it, a systems programmer in 1999, right? So maybe it meant something then. But does this have anything to do with the search? engine term and i might be again i might be a little off kilter but i know that like trans with an asterisk after it was like a big time search term oh, in the early 2000s that's like so that it was like i mean i mean it was kind of community building and it was like to align people with this new understanding of what trans was instead of like a transmission like it was so, to separate itself from that i i very briefly read an article um an interview with this author that did a whole thing about the matrix and like trans identity something and they talked about trans with the asterisk and like what that meant and mm-hmm. i i wish i would have like paid more attention but it was like ten minutes before you got here, so. Oh, okay. So, just but I I read that today. Like, yeah. it, there's a thing. It, there there was a whole thing about it that was like to differentiate itself as like a. The new understanding of what trans was with the asterisk in search terms to like, categorize a whole, clump of categories together. Okay. But with the new understanding. So if of it trans. was transgender, it was trans asterisk. Trans asterisk in search engines and probably back to the time of like Ask Jeeves. And so, stuff. so I wonder well, if it's Well, an asterisk aligns. is typically like a wild card. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're you picking can, up yeah, everything like trans after S. Whatever. Yeah. So it'll search transgender. But it was kind of before transgender as a term was like. Yeah, that's the umbrella term for what okay. this experience. So if is. someone was like using transsexual or trans, yes, 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 yeah. Sylvania, yeah, transsexual or like <laughs> transvestite or like right. going back to yeah. But you're picking up all of that in yeah. your search term, yeah, right. Yes, sorry, that was a long side note, but no, I I'm glad that you brought that up because I didn't really think about it and I didn't put that in my notes. And I think that's interesting. But it is also very interesting that that is the first, like, it's like the second word that you read. I don't think that was unintentional. No. I really don't. Especially now with what I know about this asterisk term at that time, I don't. 
I don't think they did that unintentionally. So, and then the ending scene, it says, I don't know if you wrote this down or not, not, but it does say, like, call trans end or, like, received or whatever. Yeah. It, like, closes closes the, the, yeah, it closes it. Interesting. Yeah. Let me just say that there is literally a red pill taken by trans women that is called spironolactone and it's an anti-androgen which some people have said is like very closely related to the name Mr. Anderson anti-androgen um and Neo takes this pill to leave his life behind as Mr. Anderson. But in real life, this pill helps prevent the production of masculine hormones. Damn. Yeah, there's like a literal red pill. It's literally red. Yeah, that's an anti-androgen. That makes sense. Mr. Anderson. Yeah, this fucking guy. Please settle in because to quote Keith Olbermann, this Who the is fuck's the, that? he's uh, uh, I'll circle back to that. Okay. This is the worst person in the world. There's a person that we've talked about um, who created a YouTube channel with the intent of leading black Americans away from the Democratic Party. The name of the channel is Red Pill Black. Is it Candace Owens? It's Candace Owens. (laughs) (gasps) It is? Yeah. Yeah. It's Candace Owens? Yes. Red Pill Black? Yes. Candace Mm. Owens is using a matrix term? Does she know who the Wachowski sisters are? Well... Is she embarrassed? I don't know. No, she's not embarrassed. She, she should be. She's not embarrassed about anything, Lisa. She should be. She she's said using something about a trans woman's story. Lisa. For her- Candace Owens <laughs> went in front of Congress and said something about, or was presented with her own words that said that Hitler did a lot of good things, but he didn't go far enough. And she lives with this every day. Who is she? She's the worst person in the world. I love that she's your arch nemesis. Oh, my God. What would you do if you ever met her? I would probably throw up. Just right on her? I would probably just just throw up. Yeah. Just right on her. God, no, but you got It'd probably be like baby puke where I just throw up on myself, actually. (laughs) It's like a cat. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, bleh. But you got you got to say something. I would just tell think her about to fuck this. off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean that's the easy road. Well, I think you could do I better take the than easy that. Road. <laughs> Alex is taking the blue pill. Remember, I take the blue pill. <laughs> I tell her to fuck off, and I turn around and walk she, away. This is really her YouTube channel. So uh, I don't know that it exists anymore. I searched for it, and I didn't see it. And maybe I just don't know how to navigate YouTube, but. She realized, like, oh, I'm stepping on, like, a trans woman's story. Uh, I feel like she would take pleasure in that. Yeah, I think she would. No, but, like, 
I'm sure she would be like, I want nothing to do with this. This Uh, is like, yeah, maybe infected with transness. If you, if you search in the YouTube app, especially on my phone, because that's what I did today. I searched red pill black and it brought up all the Candace Owens videos. So it probably used to be called that and then she changed the name. Yeah, and I and I googled like the red pill black and I didn't realize that it was all one word. But um yeah, she created this YouTube channel. I don't know what she uploaded or deleted or whatever, but it was dedicated to leading black Americans away from the Democratic Party. Probably after she was hired by this shady conglomerate of Mm. right-wing rich people to spout their nonsense. Anyways, so she's the worst person in the world. By the way, Keith Olbermann uh, used to have a show on MSNBC every night, and... A liberal guy that was very outspoken. When um, you quoted him, like, what? what's that quote? What's oh, the, the worst that? person in the world? Candace Owens? No, he, he had so a he, segment. So he would have a segment where the he would... The worst person in the world. I think that's what it was. Oh, okay. So it, it's like our boo. That we, yeah, yeah like he'd have boo. like a top three okay. every single day. Yes. Of okay. the worst Candace person Owens in the world. Number one every single day. Yeah, it's Candace Owens, number one, and it's Dick Carlson, number two. (laughs) And then number three is open to whoever's really bad. Okay, got it. Um, So we will follow up with Keith and just send him a note. Maybe you could do a guest appearance. I'd love that. I I think he would be fine to... He chat his, with his worst person. I would love that. It's Candace Owens yeah. for the 46th <laughs> week consecutively. So it's like the top pop charts. <laughs> the top of the pops. <laughs> yeah. So I have a note that says comment on how horrible Candace Owens is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've done that. I can't Easy. believe you had Check. to make a note to remind Check. yourself to do that. <laughs> I, I made a note so that I would say that I had a note. Fair enough. <laughs> you for wanted Candace. to like exclamation like, point on the end of the... <laughs> By the way, if your name is Candace Owens... Fuck you. For some reason, like, half of our podcast episodes mention Candace Owens. For, for some reason. reason. As I'm sucks. pointing right at you. Remember how you're in charge of the booze? <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> All right, look, let's just... We're not even in rolling. a <laughs> No, no. This is just a, a mid-episode... Boo. Yucky, yeah. In the movie, I don't know if you remember this. It's kind of in the part one, part two, part first part of the Matrix. Yeah. Okay. Neo has a little baby robot that goes into his belly button. Uh, yes, the scorpion shrimp yes. thing. So it's when they come no. to his office. When they come to his office. Yes. And he ends up leaving with them because he can't go down the window. He drops his phone. Which yeah. I I wouldn't go around the window He can't get on the either. scaffolding. He tried. He gave so it he's the end, So he ends up in try. the interrogation room with Agent yes. Smith. Yes. And then they 
put a little like with a lobster. Robot. I have a note here that says, um, sperm rape. Oh. oh yeah, it does. So it it looks like a sperm, and then it looks like a scorpion, and then it looks like a shrimp. Yeah, yeah. mine it goes through like yeah. a, and it goes into his belly button. Ooh. Yeah, and my then he note wakes up in his bed and was like thought it was a dream. Yes. My note says that it's uncomfortably spermy. Yeah, it is. It it's is. very spermy. It okay. like makes its way in and like settles in. What does that say? I just want you to know that I found the GIF. It's interesting, and it's horrible. I'm going to just send it to the group chat right. so everyone can look on their own phone. Right. Because it's hard to see. It is very spermy. So during the It's same, more spermy than you think yeah, it is. It's icky. so wacky. During that same interrogation, though, Agent Smith says to Neo, you're living two different lives. One in the computer and one as Mr. Anderson. And I think that's a really interesting take if you're looking at it through as Lily and Lana say, a trans lens, like, yes, you're living two different lives. Yes. And so my next portion of this episode, uh, have you, did you see? Yeah, I got it. The yeah. robot it's sperm. Really Sperm. That's that's probably why I have a problem with like belly buttons. It also felt yeah, yeah. it also felt Ugh. like rapey. It, it was. Yeah. It was like it was not like, consensual. It held him down. His mouth that is, wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it was rapey. It was it's yucky. Yeah. Um. God. Okay. Uh. So Agent Smith, who is the number one bad guy. Only calls Neo Mr. Anderson, even though every <gasps> other character. Him. Yeah, he's dead naming him the whole movie. The whole movie. And pick that up. It's like I go by Neo. I'm not Mr. Anderson. So this is okay. Okay. Put a pin in that. Okay. Pin. Um. Every other character in the film uses Neo's preferred name. Like right away, nobody asks questions. It's just like this is Neo. This is. Trinity, this is Morpheus, this is Switch, this is Cypher. Like, they're all just fun internet names and, like, they're preferred way to be by. called. Don't, yes. Don't question it. It's, it's yes. In the real world, which is also the much smaller than the Matrix. Matrix world, Matrix. The real world is much smaller than the Matrix, though. Like, the real life world is down to, like, you're Neo's real life world ship. is Mr. Anderson. Yeah. Okay. That's um, his life as he knew it. Right. So the the notes that I made were I've read two different things, so I'm gonna talk about both um, the agents, like Agent Smith and the other bad guys, are interpreted as dysphoria. Mm. And they are the ones that are chasing Neo while he's navigating through the real world. Which like, is interesting if to think about it from that perspective. Okay, the agents are dysphoria. So it's like that's literally an every second battle for some people. Right, right. Well, that's kind of like what they're doing the whole movie, right? Is they're like 
trying to hunt him down. They're trying to hunt While him down. While he's trying, they're trying to, to like to make accomplish him uncomfortable. something. They're trying to like well, they're trying to fit him root into him the, out and make him fit into the binary yeah. or whatever. And that's interesting because the only time he can persevere above them is when he like acknowledges that they don't exist. Like when their bullets don't kill him. Right. Yeah. Is when it's like he He's like, This isn't real. This isn't real. And then he's fine. Like their bullets don't do anything to him. Yeah. Right. The um other interpretation that I read is that quote, the agents fundamentally represent the internalization of society's prejudices and how they can cause seemingly friendly people to become horrifically violent if they discover you're someone society deems undesirable. So it's like somebody like getting into a maybe like sexual encounter with a trans person and realizing that Or just someone that you like run into on the street or like in a bar or at a like at your school or whatever where like these agents can become anyone right that's what i was going to say they yeah. they like transform uh, into these regular any people regular ass human being and then all of a sudden they're an agent and they're trying to like fuck neo up and it I can literally a, be anyone and it can mm-hmm. be anyone i have a friend who's on testosterone he's a cis het 45 year old dude who's on testosterone because like he's low on it right like and he was at the pharmacy getting his prescription and the person behind him in line was like are you one of those tranny men (gasps) oh my god (laughs) he just like turned around and was like Excuse me, like, and he said he didn't know how to respond. I wouldn't yeah. either. Yeah, yeah that because it was out of left not, field. He's never experienced anything yeah, like that. So, and you're like, welcome to my fucking life. <laughs> yeah. So that's just an interesting side note that kind of goes. That's right wild. I hope now saying. you have something like in your back pocket if that ever happens to you. Like you should have like a quick like. Are you one of those bigot? Assholes. Are you a fucking Trumper? <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. I don't Something. Know. What, what, what would could, be the best response? I don't to like. That? Why but, do you want to suck my dick? That's, <gasps> that's yes! the best thing. Well, um, so speaking of the agents during Neo's inter- interrogation by Agent Smith, um, the agent says it seems as if you're living two lives. One of these lives has a future and one does not. Can I make a small comment? Because just while I was thinking about this today, this is only the second time I've ever seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And the first time I watched it was like the beginning of this year, right? Mm -hmm. It was during the pandemic and Kai was like, you've never seen The Matrix. So we watched it. And I am trying to think about it like through a trans lens. Because, because both times that was the context that we yeah because we it. watched it right yeah. after I had seen we it before, watched but she um hadn't. so we watched disclosure the documentary about trans people in Hollywood and the Wachowski sisters are interviewed in that and they talk about the Matrix so right after we watched that we watched like the, we should watch the Matrix yeah and I had mentioned I hadn't seen it 
just you saying like Candace Owens is like taking this upon herself as her platform, I can immediately see it being used by the far right and like the Christian as like Neo is Jesus because he's the chosen one and Cypher is Judas Iscariot who like turns him in. Right. And like... I do think there are some biblical themes. In yeah, the I I want to know. So. Do you know Cypher like and Judas? I can totally is this that like? Parallel, yeah. Well, there's also the scene where they the machine. Picks oh yeah, they pull Neo him up, up out of like he, his egg. Oh yeah, it's and he's kind like, of like on the cross. Yes. Yeah. Do I. You, that's when I was like, okay. Do you some, know if there's like? I don't no, know what so the trans lenses of those. Certain things or not really? I read that, like, there aren't... Not everything fits in this narrative. And... And that's okay. Not everything And that wasn't really what the movie is totally about. Like, it's kind of just a... I mean, it's sci-fi. So, it's just kind of, this is who the character is. And this is what they're going through. But if you're already, like, thinking biblically, it'd be easy for you to be like, oh, I'm going to take this and run with yes. it. Yes. And, okay. And, and like, that's where that. Well, Neo, the Wachowski sisters, like, had atheist parents. I didn't know that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, one of the interviews that I had read with the Wachowski sisters had said that they felt like they were not, like, sci-fi was like a sort of a coping mechanism for them because they didn't see a place for themselves in the world. And so they wrote a script in a world where they could make a place for themselves, which totally makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot going on. I think they lived unique lives. I think one of, so one of their, I think it was their mother was an artist and I can't remember what their father did, but I want to say he was a teacher or something. I'm probably wrong, and we can edit that out if I'm wrong. But okay. they had a, a pretty unique upbringing where it wasn't dominated by religion. Which is for as old as they are, which right. they're yeah. like Not many fifty. They're they like late fifty, middle now. age, yeah. and obviously like, some progressive gender. Right. Roles. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think one of their parents was also into music. So I don't know. Anyways. Sorry, continue. That was a tangent. Yeah, I think I think I remember like before it was probably like not very long after this movie actually came out that I remember some conversation about like Oh, there are very like Christian themes where this guy is the chosen one and he sacrifices himself for the good of humanity. And and he very literally does it to save Morpheus. Yes. Hey, Seuss. So, uh, the note that I took. When I was watching this, and I was a little bit buzzed, so... Your notes are probably great, then. 
Uh, they, you'd think so, but they're really not. <laughs> um, that predictive text gets real hard when so you drink a wine. The thing that I um, wrote down is that Morpheus is a realization of Neo's trans identity. Hmm. Is that your perception? Yes, or? that's those are my words. Wow. Um, and one of the first things that Morpheus tells Neo is, you know something, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it, you've felt it your entire life. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. And then yada yada, Morpheus takes Neo to the Oracle, and they stop at the apartment door, and Morpheus says, I can only show you the door, you have to walk through it. And then Neo, like, grabs the handle and opens the door. Um, the Oracle tells Neo that he's not the one, but... And she's, like, making cookies, which I fucking love that right. whole scene. Yeah, yeah it's great. Scene. Yeah, it's a great scene. And how she's like, don't worry about the vase. And he's like, what vase? And then it, like, breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, wait, hold on. I have a quote for that. I have a direct quote, which I loved, and that's why I wrote it down. Yeah, I, I read that, and I really liked it, too. What's really going to bake your noodle is... Would you still have broken it if I didn't say anything? And I just like bake your noodle. Mm -hmm. I feel like my noodle is baked 80% of the time. Yeah. Mine too. I can relate to that. I like that too. Bake your noodle. I'm one of the top noodles in the dish. That's just just like extra crunchy. (laughs) Extra baked. (laughs) Me too. I'm an extra baked Oh, You're a top noodle. I have a lot of Thank you. Lisa! Oh, and you wait. I winked at oh, you. Oh, shit. I have a lot of Oracle quotes. I don't know okay. how many of them you incorporated into our so, collective. Yeah, the only thing that I want to say is that the Oracle tells Neo that between Morpheus and Neo, one of you has to die, and it's up to you to decide. We I can all live. very impressed, and like, I... Not even impressed. That's not even the right word. But I feel like I'm like opening up to a whole new like level that I hadn't seen this on before by you saying that Morpheus is like the I like mean, just the little Tweety Bird up in Neil's right. brain. It's not like a transgender. Obviously, like they're both male presenting people. Like, but it's just like this other version of what you could be and you can't be two versions of your, like one of the versions eventually has to die. Like, I don't know. This is not a perspective I've thought of before and I really like it. It's very interesting. So it's like Neo needs to gradually become Morpheus. Well, Neo needs to just like allow Morpheus's like, they need to fuse together stream of consciousness. Yeah. And just like Neo. Well, we don't need to go like, super deep into it, but Neo like saves Morpheus from the super spooky bad guys. So it's like Neo and is recognizing that Morpheus is the stream of consciousness that needs to exist ahead of his own. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm like 
I reject this thing that one of us, like, between Morpheus and Neo, like, I reject that one of us has to die. I am going to swoop him up, set him gently down, and then go kick the agent's asses. While he's gently kicking But I'm preserving Morpheus. Right, like, I'm preserving this... um, thing that is telling me to listen to how I feel and um there's this is like I don't know 25% of all the plot points that are have like a trans but it's a I'm protecting what's to become and what yeah and like you value like your Neo you value what Morpheus is saying and you recognize that he's um, an important figure in multiple people's lives. With valid input and education and experience that's like worth. Well, he's dedicated his whole life to finding yeah. one, right? Yeah. That's like his whole thing. So, was it in the Oracle's apartment where there was like a know thyself sign? Um Yes. Was it a sign? Yeah. That said know thyself? I think so, yeah. And then the Oracle I think says to Neo, No one can tell you, you just know it. Balls to bones. Yeah. Balls to bones. And I wrote that down because I fucking love the I love the quote "balls to bones." As she's like smoking a cigarette and making cookies, balls to bones. It's just a great scene. Yeah, I don't think you can argue with that. (laughs) It's just a great scene. So the the only other thing that um, I didn't take notes on it, but it's probably worth mentioning that the Wachowski sisters had a character in. This film that um, they were explicitly trans, switch. like Is it switch? switch, it's switch, and, um, and they were only in. The, I mean, they get killed off in this movie, and they're only in this. Yeah, movie. spoiler they're alert! A twenty-two-year-old spoiler alert, but. <laughs> Switch dies. Um, Wait, so Switch is a trans? Switch was originally to meant to be a uh, male figure in the, like, real world. Like, like the, in the Matrix, real like world, where, pretend world, where Mr. Anderson lives? No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, the opposite? The in opposite. The real okay. So, like... This person is, like, sucked out of the, the like, spooky juice egg as a male figure. And then when they go, when they get get plugged into the Matrix, their, like, personification is a female figure. And that's the way the sisters wrote it. Yes. And then Warner Brothers said, no, this is a little too... People won't get it. Yeah, people will not understand this. So, no, no, no. 
So, so Switch they just was written made as Switch super androgynous. Instead. Yes, mm-hmm. very androgynous. It makes sense because Switch was my favorite. Okay, okay. so Switch was supposed that makes sense to, to be. Me. A I love gender fucks. Switch, <laughs> Switch also kind of looks like Mamor in Zion. Oh my yeah. real uh, yeah, out of the out of the computer simulation, <laughs> yeah. yes. they were a male, and when they were in the computer simulation, they plug Switch right in, and then they presented as a female in the like. In the, Earth computer generated version. The world. the world that we're living in right now. Okay. The Matrix. In the Matrix. Okay, I see. That makes sense. Where they're not eating like gruel and have holy sweaters and shit like that. I I feel like I'm not super clear on like the quote real world when they're in their ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. In, <laughs> yes, the Nebuchadnezzar. I love yeah. that Jesus was the Christ. Name of the, that will never. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. And then I wish we could have maybe, and maybe this is, I can't remember the, um, sequels, but maybe, did they go to Zion? I, I know that there's no spoilers. I haven't seen two or three. Right. Okay. After twelve, I want to go to Zion. I want to <laughs> know because Agent Smith wants to go to Zion. Agent Smith. I will tell you that Agent so Smith nice. reappears. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> Agent Smith. No, he got, he got like busted out from the right. inside he's out. A computer simulation. Neo. Oh, but he's not real. Neo like dove right into his body. Oh, I have a point and to like make about flexed that. his fucking self into oblivion. That's I had a point to make about that. Make a point. Well, just that like in order to defeat Agent Smith. So right before. When when Morpheus is like tied to a chair, and Neo Losing decides power. that he's gonna like come back in and try to save Morpheus, Agent Smith like takes out his earpiece, and he's like talking right to Morpheus, and he says, "I hate this place, this zoo. I feel saturated by it. I must get out of here. I must be free." I have to get into Zion. I need the codes. So clearly, he wants to get to Zion for whatever reason. He said, I remember him saying he wants to destroy Zion so the Matrix isn't necessary. Right. Because that's the only human... But he hates the place that he's in. Yeah, but he said that the human... That's the last, like, human world, so, like, all the bullshit of the Matrix wouldn't be necessary. Right. But at the end, like you're talking about, Neo has to jump into a different body. Yeah. Agent Smith's body. From the inside. To, like, yeah. Yeah. There's a whole, like... Eliminate him. Transfiguration, where Neo, like, jumps right into Agent Smith's torso and then like rips him apart it kind of reminded me of like umbrella academy like when yeah they yes the like jumping in the body and like possessing it yes yeah neo does like flex and the whole scene kind of flexes with him which is great um yeah so that's kind of all I had written down, and I wasn't sure if there were 
like any interpretations that maybe you picked up on that I didn't mention or like characters that you had ideas about? So do you have any insight about the Neo Trinity love story or did they just feel like we need to insert a love story? So we're just going to put this in here. I, I have no comment. I don't know. Okay. I think, yeah, I don't know either. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, Trinity is a little um, standoffish in terms of romance. Well, I will say that um, if you remember that Cypher has a moment with Trinity, and he's like, for a long time I thought I was in love with you. You're a beautiful woman. And to me... It it struck me as he was almost regretful that he, like, sort of fell for Trinity. Yeah. It almost made me feel like, to me, the vibe was like, if a straight cis guy, like, likes a trans woman and doesn't know... That they're a trans woman. And then he's like, oh, that's too bad. Yes. He had like this vibe of like, I used to really like you. Until I saw what you really were. Yeah. Of- to me, it felt a little like yucky. I felt like Cypher was like doubt, like the feeling of doubt. And okay. Um, Cause he wants to go back. He wants to like detransition, right? Yeah, he's the blue pill. He's the blue pill. He wants to take the blue pill, even though it's your cipher. No, oh yeah, not. the blue pill. You would have just taken the blue pill off the bat right though. away. You wouldn't have no betrayed I everyone. Any, yeah. So cipher like um, fucks a bunch of shit up, and tank. I feel like Cypher is the family and friends yeah. of a trans person that they don't want to recognize or acknowledge what's happening to their beloved family member. And instead they want to cover their own eyes in ignorance and not acknowledge what's happening because it's easier for them to do that than it is for them to wrap their head around what's really happening with their beloved. Cypher is like, there's a scene where he's like, I know that the stake isn't real. I understand that like, it's just the matrix that's telling me what to like taste and whatever. And like, I, I understand that, um, this is not the real world and this is not how, People really feel, but it's so good, and I Didn't just want to like, be back ignorance there. Ignorance is bliss, yeah. or something. Yeah. So I personally, I feel like it's kind of a. This is too hard. Like I want to walking go back. it back. Walking yeah. it back. Yeah. This yeah. is too hard, and I have to apply myself too much, and like this puts me out of my comfort zone. So yeah. And I'm not going to acknowledge that it's real. And to yes. me, I can relate that to so many things in my life and people in my life that I'm like. There's no other way that that could be like that person that betrays you who you think is like your ride or die who just like doesn't show up for you. Like that's exactly who that person is. Mm. 
That's good, honey. I'm glad that you clarified that for me because I couldn't get this like Jesus Judas connection, but that No, it's the person that you think has your back who can't get around their own ignorance insecurity and and insecurity to acknowledge. I'd like to be married in the temple and self preservation. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Self preservation. And I think that's like a coming out story where you when you come out to your friends who knew you as some version of yourself that you're contradicting when you come out, like that's, that's that story where, where you're your true self and they can't deal. Cause you're not. And I think for that, at least personally in my life, a lot of those people feel ousted because they were close to the old version of who right? you were. Yeah. It's them making it about themselves. Board. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're making it about themselves. They can't get on board with. And it's really not that different. The new version of you. But it's, it's like, just oh, about respecting I don't have my sister is. anymore. Or I don't have my roommate anymore. Or I don't have my yeah. Best friend. My BFF. My daughter. It's <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. It's yeah. not a gendered. Right. Ex- yeah, it is. It's exclusionary. Gendered. It's gendered and exclusionary. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I can imagine having like a, an emotional reaction to like your world is a little bit shaken up, but you didn't lose. Uh, if you lost anything, or it's son. your own perspective that you lost something. Right. You yeah. you gained some you gained something else that you didn't know you had. You didn't lose something, in my opinion. And what are you losing? Like like in your yeah. mind and I don't I don't know and I haven't like this is kind of off topic or maybe it's not, but like what are you losing? You still have a child that's out there, like, trying to live their lives on this yeah. stupid fucking planet. I don't know if you're speaking from a parent's point of view. Yeah, but seriously, but what are you, you still have a kid. Like, you still have a child. You still have a child who's out, just what you're saying, you still have a child who's out in the world trying to do something, trying to make a name, trying to do anything. You still, like, can have a relationship with this person who's growing and changing and it doesn't it doesn't have to like have a huge impact right just because yeah. it's gendered doesn't that's what's so crazy but to me is like gender different? it's the ge- gender is the only reason you feel that you're losing something because it's a placeholder you are losing the placeholder it's like yes. i have this this place in my mind that like i have this sister or this daughter or this aunt or this Niece, whatever that thing is, is holding a place in your mind. In reality, it should be I have, I still have a child or a friend or I just or have a this sibling person in my life or, who is yes, a person for whatever reason. I just have a fucking person, human. But person it's a gendered placeholder yeah. that is set, and that's what fucks this all up. I, it's just. And maybe it's because I've been, like, down this fucking rabbit hole for the last couple months where we're doing this podcast and I'm listening to 
a lot of different podcasts and like doing a lot of research and um, reading a lot of things that I maybe would not have sure. before. Sure. And it's hard for me to understand what's, is it, and it's, I don't know. It's hard to say. Is it our culture here in our community where most people are Mormon? And like when you lose a daughter, you're losing like going into that temple marriage and giving her away to whatever guy that went on a Mormon mission. Or if you're losing a son, like you're carrying on the heritage of our family. Yeah. And the priesthood holder. And like. My son will never get to, and will never take his family to the celestial kingdom. And and I understand that this is really going bananas here, but uh, this is. It's I mean, not I don't know. To the worldview that I've been raised in, it's very like near and dear to the world I've been raised in. In a less bananas, bananas way, though, like for like me personally, once I was out. I lost, like, straight girlfriends. Because they thought you were ogling them in the locker room, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So I think there are a lot of implications. Like, I think there's a lot of different scenarios here to consider, is all I'm trying to say. Right. Well, I I hope that this um, episode has been a little bit different than what we've done before. I feel like it has. I feel like it, I feel like it's kind of stretched us all to think in, in yeah. a different light and I I find that to be very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And there I the one thing that I didn't mention is um there was some like academic studies done on yeah. the impact of this movie. And, like, what the, like, realization of a lot of trans people were in relation to this movie and, like, what it means. And I wish that I wanted to pay $45 to read this article, but I don't. <laughs> was it a JSTOR article or what? No, it's a... Yeah, it wasn't JSTOR. Uh, it was something else. But ah, here a- it is tandfonline.com. I will read you the abstract. Um, This article presents a plot analysis of The Matrix and comparisons to a transgender identity development model. Major scenes throughout the movie are discussed through the lens of Devor's transgender identity development model. The main character's evolution from Mr. Anderson to Neo is presented as well as how is his experiences align with multiple stages in transgender identity development. Stages of transgender identity development are discussed and emphasized, including identity confusion, confusion, discovery of transgenderism, identity acceptance, transition, and transgender pride. These stages and others are discussed and related to uses in counseling sessions with transgender individuals and their family members. Okay, I mean, so yeah, it's a real like breakdown of 
the, the title, transgender theme in the Matrix. The title is Taking the Red Pill, colon, Using the Matrix to Explore Transgender Identity Development. And it sounds to me like the article is mainly focused on Neo, which yeah. I find very interesting. Not wrong, but just interesting because it's like there are so many other themes in that show that are outside of Neo as a character that feel very trans to me. Um, well, the would. Chowski sisters have explicitly stated that they wanted to represent women in a role where they're not an evil bitch. Like Trinity. Interesting. Yeah. She's not yeah. an evil bitch in any way, shape, but or form. But is badass. To- a total, without like, being an evil bitch. Yeah. Like, somebody to look up to. You yeah. can, f- and those are, actually, it's very interesting. Those are some of the earliest interviews that they have about the Matrix, is on that subject of like yeah. feminine characters mm. in their movie and mm. trying to portray them in a different way than is typical in Hollywood. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think that's the full story, but I do think that it's interesting. That's that a big part of it. Like some PhD sociologist wanted to write about the matrix and how it, I, how it follows whatever, Trans um, narrative. Trans, yeah. like, stages, mm. right? Yeah. I also want to say that this was published at the end of December in 2016. Okay, and so Lily came out in 2016. Yeah. So I don't know if this was in the works before prior to that or yeah. not. Right. But if nothing else, I mean, Switch. Right. If nothing else, even as a like a regular And also, I'm sorry, but her name is Switch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? right? Yeah. Pretty obvious. Yeah. Hello. And that is the most like representative trans character that I can think of from any movie. Even having to reframe it from this new lens that we realize that it is in from now. Like I can't think of any other movies that had, you know, we talked about queer coding characters last week, but like, what about trans coding characters? Like if trans coding characters is a thing, like switch is like the fucking definition of that. Probably. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm very much putting you on the spot, but like I, I can't really either. Well, I guess we're just gonna have to watch number two and number three of the Matrix so that we can go to the theaters mm. for number like four. Old timies. Mm. As of right now, it's scheduled to come out December twenty second, twenty twenty one. Like maybe it will be the way it is right now. Or the way it was. Not right now. Things are a little better right now, but like it might be in one of our living rooms. Started. That's what I'm saying. Like we were our quarantine family, this group, and I hope that we're privileged enough to continue that if we go back into lockdown. You'll Um, still get a podcast because we're in one pod. (laughs) We're a pod. Yeah, we're in one pod. But like maybe we'll watch the new Matrix movie right here with this beautiful green backlight. Of the bar flowing, and all will be well. Sadie's special flowing. Yep. Are we doing a boo and a who? 
nope, we don't have any booze or who's. We've we run long. We I'd like to say, um, we'd like to just give a toast to Stella because she's the best little podcast. Cheers, dog. Stella. Cheers Stella's to home Stella. and recovering. Yep, Cheers. she's recovering. Everything's going great. If you listened to our last episode, you would know that I was very anxious about her recovery. Yeah. Two episodes ago, I think. I yeah. Know. Yep. It was two episodes ago. Um, she's doing okay. She's a little bitch sometimes, but that's not unusual and that's unrelated to her surgery. <laughs> Anyways, this has been Toasted Lavender. Please, please just um, go look at our Patreon and see if that's something that you want to do. Subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Join our Instagram people, our friends on there. Send us a comment. Just let us know you're out there in the world and that we're making any kind of difference. Even if you hate us, just send us a comment. Do not send us anything if you hate us. <laughs> thanks thanks for joining us. Music by Cop Kid. And our artwork is by the lovely Debbie Dixon. Special shout out to Casey for helping us with some audio final masters. And, you know, a big shout out to Lisa for editing and putting together all these episodes in the first place. So cheers to Lisa. Big cheers to Lisa. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. We'll just like delete that <laughs> yeah. back thing. I know what Kay. you're talking about, and I've seen that one. What's that called? That it's something eight. Noise? Yeah, that was. That's noise. Yeah, it's something eight. It's like you should save that there somewhere in your garage pan <laughs> so that you can just <laughs> use it. <anytime. laughs> Sorry, that's not my name. Yeah. So that's not my name. It was that's obnoxious, not my name. but it all worked out. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, got me tasty. <laughs> Oh shit, I haven't heard that song so long. The ting tings. Oh, it's great. <laughs>